and welcome, welcome to Drug Mythology. I'm your co-host, Krista Hunsaker. And I'm your co-host, Christian Madonna. We are back from a long hiatus uh, that we took through spring, part of summer. We're here to talk to you again. Yeah, um, our last episode we had recorded before our hiatus, so we just decided to put that up, you know, and now we're back on a regular schedule. And um, yeah, our reason for the hiatus was, guys, like, the world is... Our world's on fire, how about yours? There's a lot going on right now, and uh, we... Wanted to just, you know... Take a minute. Take a minute and let other other voices be heard and not crowd it with our own. Just so it's clear how we feel on on some on everything going on in this crazy fucking year. Yeah. So, uh, let's start with number one, Black Lives Matter. Always have. Always will. Have to be treated that way in all of our institutions and just everything. And it, it's not. And it needs to be. Right. Even beyond the protests, even beyond the blackouts, like, it has to be, you know? Even beyond police, it's in every aspect of our lives that we need to, we have things to fix. Yep. Um, number two, vote this fucking year. Yeah. Boy, it's a real mess we're in. Go vote. Try and, it's the most important thing you can do to try and fix it. And then get out there in the streets. Yep. Number three, when you're in the streets, wear a fucking mask. There's a <laughs> pandemic it's not going anywhere, especially here in America, because you're not wearing a fucking mask. And if you are, thank you. If you're not, please, please. Wear a mask. It, please. Just please. Mm-hmm. And that's 2020. That's why we've been on hiatus, because it's a lot to deal with and process, and we needed a little break. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like we said, we wanted to take a break from our medium to allow others who who are more knowledgeable on this subject and who have these experiences to be able to convey them. Yeah, and shit, man. It's been a year. It's been a decade. Welcome yep. to the 20s. <laughs> uh, so, But we are back on the roster. We are back to recording. And today we are talking to you about the Orishas. And in honor of that, in honor of that spirit, we are... We, we've tied it in with what we're drinking today. Yeah, we're drinking mead, a honey wine, and uh, we'll get into why that's related a little bit later, but yep, that's what we're drinking, some nice good old mead. Yeah, so today we are talking about the Orishas, or Orisas. Uh, this is a topic we've been wanting to talk about for a couple of years now, really. Yeah, like I got um, this book, um, Children of Blood and Bone, that actually deals with Orisas in like a fantasy setting. And I've, I haven't read it yet, but when I got it, I was like, oh man, this is great. But the first thing that actually prompted us to look this up... Oh yeah, I mean, you know, it's been a couple of years now and we are big, avid Overwatch players. Yes. Orisa! Like, just the the dawning realization of this is where her name comes from. Yeah, it's OR15, but it's Orisa, which is in reference to Orishas or Orisa. Yeah, because Effie, her creator, I mean, Orisa is from this part of the world. She's from Nigeria. Like, this is where it's happening. Mm-hmm. Which is where that map is that I can't... Um, New Mumbani? Yeah, that's, yeah. that's totally... <laughs> that's it. Uh, I know, I should know it better for a game we play, like, every day. <laughs> uh, but yeah, today we're talking about Orishas, and we were inspired by Overwatch a long time ago, but now we're just inspired to talk about Orishas, who are venerated by the Yoruba people of southwestern Nigeria, and peoples in Togo, and Benin, and Ghana. And other peoples in the region also are participating and, like, practicing in... Yoruba religious practices in the Pantheon. Mm-hmm. So these other groups, including the UA of Ghana, Benin and Togo, and the Fon people in Benin. And we use this present tense because what we're talking about today is a current thing. Like, these peoples are all still around. This is not ancient, classical antiquity. This is a religion and Pantheon and spirits that are observed and uh, believed in by folks living and breathing today. And so we wanted to uh, represent that as best as we could and show our respect and re uh, reverence in our very irreverent way. Yes. So another note, like Orishas is this big area of Yoruba peoples and all these, and these other couple groups in West, in West Africa. But Orishas are also uh, worshipped and called upon by peoples in the Americas. Most Ooh, and I can guess why. Yeah, so the the reason this religious transfer across the transatlantic happened was not missionaries, it was the transatlantic slave trade. Yeah, or like 
voluntary migration. It was slavery. Yeah, no, it wasn't voluntary. It it sucked. The slavery it was horrendous and awful and sucked ass. And this is why there are so many groups, uh, Yoruba and others, who are now in the Americas and have mixed into those cultures, not by choice. Yeah, and on a side note, that is interesting that like you take um, like historical and location and cultural identity and it does evolve um, over time. So there are like variations to the Orisha myth, which is so cool. It's like our um, Ishtar and Nana sort of thing where it's like the same person, but depending on where you were, it was like slightly different as to the myths that were told and talked about. And, and really, it's, it's how these, these myths and traditions and practices, they evolve based on exactly that, the location and the mix and the experience of what's going on then and there. Mm-hmm. So while you have, and what we're going to talk about mostly today is Orishas in West Africa, you also have the development of Santeria in Cuba and Brazil, as well as uh, Candom- Candomblé and Umbanda. Oh. Yeah, and all of these are tied into uh, Orisha veneration, and they're like a mix of it. They're an evolution uh, stemming from these Yoruba groups who were brought over as slaves, because that shit sucks, but then mixed in with both Spanish and Catholic beliefs and indigenous practices into forming their own sort of things. And we see this uh, similarly with voodoo. Ah, like New Orleans, Louisiana, Princess and the Fry kind of stuff. So yeah, so while you have like Orishas in Santeria practices in Brazil and Cuba, um, similarly you have ties of voodoo, voodun, voodoo with a use, um, hoodoo, and all of this sort of develop uh, in places like Haiti and Louisiana and New Orleans, uh, which are more tied to Congo traditions, but follow the same sort of path and... There are some shared influences that we will touch on. Between. Oh yeah, lots of crossover with interactions. Yeah, lots of crossover, lots of lots of mixing. Um, and it's a really cool development, and this is really where this is how Santeria happened in the Americas, and, and then similarly how Voodoo happened. Hoodoo. Voodoo. You do. <laughs> do what? Photon. Remind me of the babe. All right. Uh, so. That note aside... Talking about them babes. We're jumping into the Orishas. The Orishas themselves are... They're sort of like deities. They're sort of like demigods. And they can be thought of as spirits. Yeah, but not just that. They are many things. They, they, are, they That's an all-encompassing term. It really means a lot. It's not just these like anthropomorphic... Godlike you know, figures. Godlike figures. They can really also be seen as these spirits of previously living ancestors, now deified. Mm. And in this sense, it's more like the first people to ever walk the earth. Or like kings and uh, queens, or like big warriors, or like yeah. people who have really like shaped the destiny of these um, kingdoms. Exactly. You're not you're not calling on your grandfather. You're calling on... Unless your like, grandfather is like a previous king. That's pretty, you know. Yeah. Oh, that's true. That's true. You could be. You could be. But you'd have to be real old to be calling on them. Mm. Um, (laughs) live forever immortality look it up but they're also thought of as like divine forces of nature they're like these phenomena they're really controlling uh big elements and they're something that people can call upon to make awesome things happen i love forces of nature as um like personified that have like feelings and emotions that's so cool that's like the orishas so there's about 400 of them (gasps) Uh, but today so many. we're going to talk about the most important ones. Okay, good. And so, uh, real quick, on the word Orisha and part of the etymology of it. Uh, it uh, stems from Ori, which uh, means head, both in like the literal fig- like uh, head on a figure, and also the sort of like mental, spiritual head, like your soul or your brain, you know? And... I actually thought when I first like read this and heard about this, I was I immediately thought of because I'm you know we're big gamers. Um, I was like Ori in the Blind Forest. That's totally that's Ori. That's it. Yeah, and I'm sure that's like as far as the connection goes is that he's like a sort of a spiritual thing, and yeah, and it's like the Ori head, sort of like a mana kind of a thing, and so yeah, I think that's about as far as it goes. But it's cool that if that 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 was the um, sort of inspiration of the name. Even if yeah, even if that's just where the name comes from, that is a cool place to draw inspiration from. Mm-hmm. Beautiful game soundtrack, ten out of ten. Recommend. Oh yeah, and so. In telling the story of the Orishas and telling you about the Pantheon, we've really got to start at the top. we got to start with... At the Ori. At the, at the head. At the creation of everything. And we got to 
tell you about Oludamare. Oludamare. So Oludamare is the supreme creator oh, wait, of the wait, world. Wait. Can we allude to Oludamare? <laughs> it's not spelled like that, but that's how it sounds. We can try. <laughs> uh, so Oludamare, supreme creator of the world, the heavens, everything. Uh, they are the big kahuna, king of the hill, A number one. They are not an Orisha. Oh, what? They're bigger than that. They're, oh. they're just, they're the big, they're the big Yahweh. They're the God. They are everything. So they're like the tops. They're the tops. You don't get above that. And there are three manifestations of them. It's, ah, it's like a trinity. <laughs> yeah. So, hey, I've never seen that before. <laughs> um, one of them being, oh, obviously, Oludamare. Uh, but another being Olurun, or Olurun, uh, Lord of the Heavens. And yeah. so a lot of times when you see them referred to when they're doing their, like, stuff in the heavens, Olurun. Sometimes when they're on Earth, Oludamare. And then uh, in between is Olofi, who ah. is like a conduit between the heavens and earth. Collector of names. Yeah. Well, really just the big three, the big trinity. Collector of three names. Although, we're going to get into the rest of the Orishas, and there are many versions of the names. They just, you know, they, depending on where you were. Like we said, shit changes. To. Yeah, exactly. There's going to, yeah, it's almost got four names, and they're all kind of the same. Mm-hmm. So, one more note on Aludamare. They are androgynous. This is this is a part of their identity. Uh, it's super cool. It's a feature. Uh, you know, you see it sometimes for supreme beings like uh, Omateado of the Aztec myth. So the supreme creator is represented with this duality. They are neither mm. male nor female. They are both. They are everything. They've transcended gender. Yeah, and from them, everything else comes. So you, they're like a sponge. You got to have both parts working at the same time. Yeah. Like Amun. Oh, like a real sponge. <laughs> yeah, like not a kitchen sponge. No, like a living sponge. I, I don't think they produce by polyps, but, you know. Or budding? You, yeah, you gotta have male and female parts going to create the universe and everything. God is a sponge. Pass it on. <laughs> Pass it on. <laughs> but not in, not, not in a Yoruba myth. Uh, Oludamare is, is the supreme. But, supreme sponge. So, in talking about that, we're let's tell you about the Orishas, and we really gotta tell you about, like, the... Kind of like the Pantheon, like the big, the big Orishas. The big Hero 7. Yeah, the, the, the big 7 Orishas. That's that, like, I could see this being a comic book, and you'll see as we go through each one of them, it's like, these are all, like, superheroes, right? Oh, these are all, like, superheroes. These are all, like, fantastical archetypes, and... They're the, OP, it's great. Yeah, and they're all great. They all And they all bring, like, a certain power and personality to, to them. So tell me about them Big Hero 7. So first one we got to tell you about, uh, always a favorite on drunk mythology. One of our, yeah, we love our tricksters. Yeah, we do. So many names here uh, is Ezu, Elegbara, Elegwa, Elegba, all around. I think Elegwa is probably what we'll we'll try and stick with. Elegwa? Elegwa. Okay. So Elegwa is a guardian of the crossroads and a messenger between the divine and the living realms. And you can sort of see this, you know, as a trickster, as also the Keeper of the Keys, which That's is... a cool name. That's what I want to be lo- known as. Like I, Krista, I, Keeper of the Keys. I want Guardian of the Crossroads. Oh, that's a good one, too. Because yeah. that's also such a trickster thing, like, take me down to the crossroads and make a deal. Yeah, I wonder. Do you think it is actually related? Like, I don't know if it's related or not, but, like, you know, like, making a deal at the crossroads, falling on some sort of, like, spirit or, like, something. Because it's like making a deal with a devil or making a deal with a demon. Yeah, who was the uh, the artist that did that's that? That's Robert Johnson back in... Um, but God, and, so long ago. And I mean, this is like, this is early, early blues. I mean, literally got so long ago, like yeah. the 30s. But, you know, this is this yeah, recurring yeah, yeah. theme, and especially in blues and the Delta and the Crossroads. And, yeah, and I wonder near, if Very that... near Louisiana area and sort of like huh. where voodoo developed. Where voodoo with four O's developed <laughs> versus some U's in there. Okay, yeah. So, I like him. So, again, with being the crossroads, the messenger, and the trickster, Allegra is a similar archetype to your Hermes, your Mercury types. Ah, yeah, yeah, your messenger of the gods, who also is a fan of pulling over some, having some fun. Very clever, very trickster-like, like an Odin or uh, the Native American coyote. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's one we we definitely want to talk more about in the future. Oh, I love trickster gods, and... I love how every religion or, like, myth or a pantheon always has to include a, tri- a trickster god. They all develop some sort of trickster god. Like, it's an innate human spirit, human nature that they want represented in their, their gods and their yeah, pantheon. Yeah, that's so cool. 
so some more facts about them, um, their colors. Yeah, um, each one of these uh, Marishas is associated with a certain color combination. So for him, it's either red and white or black and white, depending. And what that is, is it represents sort of his duality. Like he's also like a Gemini sort of like duality twins kind of feel. And like uh, there's a split, this, you know, owner of the crossroads at the living and the divine. Like yeah. there's this duality this there. This gatekeeper role, Yeah. And especially you'll see this in connections into Santeria and... Uh, yeah, and we touched on this briefly about how, like, uh, they sort of changed and adapted to um, historical context and also, like... You there know, are Catholic they're... influences because, I mean, you know, the Yoruba peoples who were brought over as slaves were brought over to Spanish colonies mm. or Spanish and, and Portuguese colonies. And as we know, colonies. the Spanish Inquisition was... It's super Catholic. Yeah, I mean... Everything was super Catholic. Yeah. <laughs> so they tied in this from them. The spirit, these protective spirits, these spirits that are forces of nature, and you know, almost their own. And sort like of you know, who they remind me of saints, patron saints. <laughs> these are the these exactly. So in in some of the different beliefs of Santeria, Banda, or you know, all these different ones, uh, they're tied to. These Orishas are tied to saints. Mm-hmm. Uh, who is our uh, Alegua's saints? So, s- saints that are tied is like St. Anthony of Padua. Oh, nice, nice. Um, St. Peter for the keys. He's the keeper of the keys. Ah, the gatekeeper from heaven into earth. I like it. I like it. Uh, St. Michael. Because everyone's St. Michael. Everyone's St. Michael. If you have anything to do with like protection of man or whatever the shit, you're St. Michael. And he doesn't, but he does, I guess. You know. Yeah, you know. He's Enough. the force between magic and man. He's an intermediary. He's a magic man. Oh, he's he's definitely a magic man, although he's not tied to magicians. (laughs) Um, And the infant of Prague. What? I know that's a thing. (laughs) Been to Prague, but I don't... If you you understand the connection there, please tell us. Let us know. Is that because he's, like, mischievous? Maybe. Is the the infant of Prague mischievous? Isn't he always peeing in fountains? No, that's the peeing boy in Belgium, in Brussels. Oh. The infant of Prague is just... (laughs) baby and it's not baby is it baby cheese uh, if you know tell us <laughs> drop us a line <laughs> yeah drop us a line message us we we would love to know this mystery <laughs> another and this this is a this is a cool one because we're tying back into the voodoo connection here because uh yoruba mythology does inspire some of it but it's really not like an origin for voodoo mm, they are like different they're, they're, yeah, because voodoo is coming more from uh, Congo people and beliefs. And, like, and that one's the like... The zombie in, and the zombies. Yeah, and like uh, spirits of the dead and like your relatives that you call them. Exactly. It's far more connected with the dead uh, versus like these spirits are like ancient nature, nature forces deities. But in Haitian voodoo, Papa Legba is, is directly tied. I mean, Legba... To Alegba, Alegua, Alegbara. Papa Legba is the Haitian voodoo equivalent who's performing a similar role as intermediary at the crossroads cool. of life and death. He's also your big fate guy. Yeah, exactly. Your your life and death guy. So jumping off from our tricksters, we want to talk to you about Obatala. Obatala. Or, or also known as Orisanla, and we're gonna tell a story at the end of our episode that'll really Bounce between those two names. Uh-huh. Obatala is also known as a creator, and uh, it's kind of like the all-father. Uh, with a trickster, you need, like, their foil. You need the all-father. You need someone who's, like, the main god. You're Zeus, you're Odin, kind you're, of a Yeah, thing. you're Archdivine. You're, exactly, you're, you're Odin type. You're Osiris type. And, mm. and uh, Obatala is a creator. He's associated with, um, you know, his color is white. He is wisdom. He is peace. He is... Uh, of the sky, he's a judge. And he is this all-father arch-divinity type who's the leader and the supreme of the Orishas. Now, he's not Oludamare's status, but he is more like Odin status. Yeah, think of, like, Osiris to um, Amun-Ra, right? Yeah. Amun-Ra is, like, above everyone else, and then Osiris is, like, king of the pantheon. Exactly, exactly. Like, there is an above here, but he's head of the pantheon. He's head Orisha. Yeah, he is head Orisha. And, in fact, the story we'll tell later is when Oludamare tasks him to create the world. Ah, yes, a good creation story. We love those. Yeah, we... Always, you know, when we tell the Pantheon, we got to tell you about the creation. Mm-hmm. So his, uh, who's his uh, patron state sort of equivalents? So if you can't guess, you know, it's Jesus. It's baby Jesus. <laughs> like, 
Uh, Obatala uh, is also. I, I did. I did forget to mention. Obatala is also uh, tied to like resurrection and re, you know because yeah. he's he's reborn at some point and he's like this human who just who ascended into God. There are many places connected because Obatala is also one of the most ancient. There's a lot of places connected, but Obatala. So being, he's just straight up Jesus. Being this top level, like Obatala is Jesus, yeah. <laughs> Amazing. And also tied to Lady of Mercy, who is merciful. Yeah, some sort of like avatar of Mary, probably. We're not su- we're not super Catholic, so I don't know who that is. <laughs> Do you want to hit the next one? Uh, yeah, sure. I mean, um, our next one is actually one of the most popular of the Orishas. You would think it would be like, oh, it's the All Father, you know, he's the best. No, actually, it's Osun slash Ocean. I think it's mostly Ocean. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's similar. It's like how Orisa. Or- Orisha is often spelt with just an S with an accent, but it's still like Orisha. Yeah. So this is Ocean. And is she the goddess of the ocean? No. She's the goddess of sweet water, which is fresh water. And she's the reason we're drinking mead today. Right. Because um, she is associated with uh, fresh water, which is like rivers and like life-giving properties of that. So with the Osun River, of which she's like associated with in her name, that means that she's a big fertility, sex, beauty, wealth goddess. Think like your Venus, like your your Freya. Oh, she's absolutely, yeah. Venus, Freya, yeah, Freya with fertility. Yeah, or Ishtar. Or, oh, she's she's definitely Ishtar because she's also a goddess of sex and beauty and like Aphrodite. Right, which makes sense with like, you know, fresh water is so life-giving to like um, basins, so. And it's so sweet in comparison (laughs) to drinking from the ocean. Yeah, that that salty water that'll make you go crazy. Yeah, the sweet water is better. Anyway, to sweeten the deal for her she also uses honey and her filtrated fresh water to make like medicines and cures and stuff and so medicines like we're (laughs) drinking now right and so i'm wondering is she associated with bees because like all bees are inherently female and she's like a big female goddess there is a yeah there's a big connection there might be a tie who knows very much a leader of a leader among uh, women. Which is ironic because she's also the youngest of the Orishas, but she's also considered the queen. Yeah, she's considered a queen and she's considered one of the most important for sure. Like, mm-hmm, there's but... been times of pure chaos and Ocean is the one who has to fix it. Right, and she's also one of the most important because all Yoruba priests, no matter who they are a priest of, so whatever, you know, you're a priest of Agron and yada yada, but you're, you have to give words to Ocean at the river when you're initiated, you have to tell her what you're going to do, basically. Yeah, because she also is a messenger, you know, she's a connection and a messenger to the divine, and the word travels upriver. She's spreading them goss. Yeah, and, you know. <laughs> she's a big gossiper. And she's a very... She's a gossip girl. When you're getting initiated, you gotta go down to the river to pray. <gasps> I wonder. Early in the morning, or whatever the next line is. Yeah, do you... Okay, so there's, like, this folk song that I'm sure is a lot older than the versions that I've heard, but it's, like, I went down to the river to pray. Excited about that good good old old day. day. Yeah. I wonder if that... Who should wear the robe and crown. I'm sure it's very much tied to Christianity, too. Yeah, but but I wonder if there is a crossover there. Very, very well could be, because, yeah, for, for Ocean, and she is, you know, Sweetwater, she is of the rivers, and specifically the... The Ocean River. Not the ocean, but, like, the, the sea, but ocean as in her name. In this way, I'll just say the Osun River, just to really... I know, it's, it's very confusing. But one story I love about Ocean is a very simple, very easy one, is Ogun, who's the Orisha of iron and labor and war. We'll get to him industry, later. Like, industry, blacksmithing. I will get to him. Uh, he just, just one day he stopped wanting to do this. He didn't want to work anymore. He's like, fuck this shit and drops it. (laughs) Fuck it. And he's labor. So all work just stopped. Oh man. And so Ocean was the one who had to, to go to the woods and convince him out by seducing him. He was like huddled in the woods like, no. And Ocean's like, get out, bro. You got to do your job. And he's like, no. And then she's all like sexy. like. What if I show you my ankle and my... <laughs> oh, no. She's more like our girl Ishtar. Just straight up naked. She's just... Oh, yeah. Like Ishtar. <laughs> yeah. Uh, she, she used her feminine wiles to seduce him. And in this way, and especially because I, you know, they get together and I... And this relationship reminds me so much of Aphrodite and Hephaestus, where you ah. have this... This, be- this goddess of sex and beauty who is with 
the, the god, god of, of industry of labor and industry and blacksmithing. Oh, yeah. That's so cool. And uh, one more fun fact for me on Osun is the sacred Osun Grove Ooh. is a real place in the city of Osh- Oshagbo in Nigeria. And you can visit it. And you sort of think of it as like a, you can visit the Temple of Zeus or Temple of Apollo. These are real places where the gods are said to have dwelled and real sacred places. Uh, it's a real UNESCO World Heritage Site. And you can go there. It's on the Osun River. It's said to be Ocean's home. That's so cool. I love that also that the gods were like dwelling among men. Yeah, so a big piece of Orishas is that they don't just dwell in the heavens. Like they live. Not on Mount Olympus or any shit like that. Exactly. No, there's a real connection. They live and dwell among people as well. That is so cool. That is amazing. I love that. Um, And also her main colors, which we sort of alluded to with the honey and bees, is like. Yellow and gold are her colors, which is kind of interesting because they're pretty similar. And we, we kind of, we associate those colors with life-giving forces. We really, you know, with the sun. Basically. Yellow and gold is a very wealthy color. Gold, obviously, right? Oh, yeah. We forgot to mention she's also uh, Arisha of wealth, of uh, money. She's the one you're going to go to when you got money problems. Yes. Um, and that, that just, that image would be so striking as well to be fully decked out in yellow and gold as your main color. Like, how beautiful, right? Oh, yeah. I mean. Goddess of or Orisha of Beauty, mm-hmm. and her saint is actually the Saint Virgin Mary, which is funny. Which is pretty funny. She's, got, she's, she's an Orisha of sex. Yeah, sex and beauty and fresh, sweet water and wealth and so many think, other things. But like sex. Yeah, I would think like sex Mary Magdalene, but also Virgin Mary is like queen, basically of that whole. Yeah, it, I could see the diff. I could see the like connection, but it was just a little bit ironic to me, I guess. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't. A, it didn't fully click in our heads for mm-hmm. us. Now, the next goddess is Yamoya, Yamaya, or Yamoha. Yamoya with a J. J. I think it's still Yamoya. And so our past girl, Ocean, right, um, was like young and like the throes of life, beautiful, fertility, whatnot. She's like the Aphrodite. Yeah. Um, now we have Yamoya, who is motherhood and, get this, the ocean, the salt water. So she's the ocean, but not ocean. Yeah, I know. I know, I know. So like, Stick with me. Think like, think like salt water, all of the oceans, all the big water <laughs> of the world, whereas uh, ocean, ozone, is the fresh water, the lakes and the rivers and the streams. Yeah. Um, so Yamoya is living that salt life as a salt wife. And... <laughs> She's the salt wife. The all, and, and Yamoya is the all-mother type. Yes. Very much so. She's like your Frigg or your Isis, you know, as we mentioned earlier, like sort of connecting them and like getting like their play, uh, their like... Their positions. This, in this is sort of the archetype, the archetypical all mother amongst the Orishas. Right, like none of these are one to one, you know, at all. But like that's sort of to help contextualize it, I guess. Um, so she's the all mother, and the Europa recognize that all life is birthed from her, similar to how all life comes from the sea, her domain, which is like such a cool. It's so prescient to realize, like they, you know, um, centuries now... ago they realized. Wife on the planet. All life came from the sea. I said wife on the planet. Wife, all sea wife. <laughs> all all wife, wife on the planet came from the sea. Yeah, all sea wife come from sea. So, but that's so cool because we know that life came from the sea, from the primordial sea. You like know? we evolved from that. Yeah, so that is so cool that she is the the birth mother of literally everything and everyone. And her children are like as countless as fish. Like, she has countless children, so they are like the fish. And she is, like, a goddess of the moon, which means she's probably also goddess of tides, which how the moon affects oceans and tides. Right. Like, they they knew... She's look, a waterbender, yo. When you look at the ocean, you know the moon. And I, and I mean the big ocean. Uh, the moon... With a little O. Uh, <laughs> the, big ocean, little O. <laughs> the moon plays such an important role in relationship to it, and they knew that she would be of both. So mm-hmm. the ocean and the moon are connected. And she's also the source of all riches, so I'm thinking like bounty of the sea. Yeah, and she's she's like a treasure. Sister. She's a sister to Ocean. Yeah. Um, as all pantheons are all related somehow. Exactly. And so so <laughs> she is also a a reach of wealth. Yes. And also I love that she's often shown as a mermaid, either with like a fish tail or like a lamia with a snake tail. Yeah. And it's like Your girl's a mermaid. That's cool as fuck. It's <laughs> a sweet image because she's like this water bending, you know, moons and tides mermaid. And also because like the oceans are so unfathomable, um, she's also a goddess of deep secrets, which I think is just lovely. This is deep Deep secrets in the deep sea. 
Gotta get those deep secrets that she can then share with Ocean, who is a, the, the gossiper of these gods, and then, you know, everyone knows, and then exactly, it's like, who started Exactly, share it to the message, and then and then Ocean and the Legbos get look at each other, it's like... And Ocean's like, don't shoot the messenger. Ha <laughs> like, ha. You hear from me, heard from him. And he's yeah. like, what? <laughs> yeah. Um, so her colors are white and blue, which is beautiful. Again, oh, I, waterbender. I just, and I just picture the sea and ice and, you know, deep blues of, of the oceans. Mm-hmm. And um, she is the wife of Obataya, I believe, right? Yeah. So uh, Yamulia is, um, she's wife to Obatala. The All-Father and the All-Mother together, sort of the Odin and the Frigg. Yes, exactly. The Osiris and the Isis, you know. Um, and the white and the blue, and then, like, the black and the white. And, you know, so it's kind of cool. It, and It's so cool seeing all these different archetypes develop, like, independently, and, like, they all came to these same sort of ideas and conclusions. Right. It's so cool. And her patron saint is Our Lady of Reg- Regla? Sorry. Which I believe means rule. Yeah, um, which is typically depicted as the Black Madonna. So that's fucking cool. Yeah, I didn't know that. So that's awesome to look up and super cool that I learned something totally new as well. <laughs> yeah, I so, learned something new every day. What am I saying? So jumping on and continuing talking about our Orisha ladies. Mm-hmm. Next, we're going to tell you about Oya. Oh, yeah. Also known as Yansa. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's what people say on this year coming. Oh, uh, she is. <laughs> and the o- I say, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, it depends if she's if you got Oya on your side. It's nice. If you don't. Oya's on Oya's side. You better run. All right, so what is she the goddess of? Sorry. Rage, storms, and the mother of the dead. She's got <gasps> thunder and lightning, and she is a warrior. She's a Oya is a warrior Orisha who has never been defeated in battle. Whoa, she's so cool. Thunder and lightning, very, very frightening. And she's also known as Yansa. There's another name, and that's another river, and it's a mother of nine. It's a river with nine tributaries. And, it's like, and she serves as like a guardian of the entrance of the dead, which is like this river, which is her domain. Her domain is like the dead. and The dead river. It's like storms and the dead and fighting. Oh, she sounds so cool. She's such a badass. And I love the similar ties with rivers and the dead, and it's like ferrying them off. It's sort of sort of like a shark uh, Karan and the river sticks. Uh-huh. And um, we're, we're going to jump into the next one, Shango. But first, you know, there's some similar archetypes here we're seeing. Yeah, we sort of mentioned them before. Like you said, like Charon, you know, um, the ferryman. Um, and also, obviously, Hell, Hades, Ereshkigal, your gatekeepers to the, the land of the dead. Yeah, people, yeah, the the deities that are in charge of de- death, of, of the dead, of the journeys there, and as well as the, the realm of the dead. Mm-hmm. And also Athena, which is tying back into the warrior goddess aspect of, like, never having lost a battle, because Athena was very much so about the strategy of war, and she was, like, victorious 90% of the time. Yeah, this warrior queen. Yes, and also, I couldn't not think of it when we were researching her. Uh, Storm, the Marvel character. <laughs> oh, yeah, Storm from X-Men, I mean. I'm like, oh, my God. I, I tried to look up to see if Storm's real name was, like, it's, a relation to this. It's, it's Aurora, which I think... It's a stretch. Yeah, I don't think it, it is. It's a, which means something else, and it, you know, could be tied. I think Aurora is, like, a Swahili word instead yeah. of, like, tied to Yoruba. But it might be. I don't know. Yeah, but she's a goddess of storms and war and shit. It's awesome. She is a warrior goddess of storms, and that, that in itself is, is quite a connection. That's, that's my Marvel superhero character next and uh, oh her colors are burgundy and purple so like those deep like darker reds and stuff so like i think of like a storm brewing too yeah very much so and her saint is actually is actually saint brigitte 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 maybe bridget <laughs> bridget yeah uh, it's a celtic name and she's like of kildare i think or kildar something like that but yeah that's her saint and so like we we just alluded to oya is married to shango shango unchained Oh, it's bad <laughs> if he is unchained, because Shango is of kingship, rulership, uh-huh, uh-huh. magician, okay. war, oh. lightning, and fire. Hmm, I see. Drums and dance, and think like war drums and thunder, being Ooh. this thunder god. Of, like now we sound the drums of war? And he's like this this god of, yeah, war and thunder and booming, booming fighting. That is cool. That is quite an end. This guy knows some dramatic entrances. Yeah, and so together Shango and Oya rule over these same sort of elements of storms, of lightning, and thunder, and war. Oh, so he's a husband to Oya then. Yeah, they are. They together, and they share these 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 powers and these, these roles. Man, I always say this, but what a power couple, huh? That's a, that's a power couple. Literally. Yeah, that is a undefeated power couple. Wow. Uh, Shango is also known for his quick wits, his temper. 
Oh, and also he got with like Oya and Ocean and probably. Uh, <laughs> of course, I mean you know all he, the Derishas. He's a quick-witted, fast-tempered. You know, he's your Hamilton of the, of the <laughs> gods. He's ready to fight. He's your Ares. He's Ares. He's Ares. Ares like Thor, Horus kind of stuff. Yeah. Well, and everybody, everybody loves a good god of war. Yeah. Or they hate him. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, or they're he, indifferent to him. It's the same sort of <laughs> archetype, and yeah, think about you know, God of Thunder and War. It's very a lot of Thor comes to mind, except his wife totally does the same thing, and that's fucking awesome. I know, but uh, man, what a <laughs> just getting with all the ladies. But that's because he's so desirable because he's also like one of the most popular gods. He's probably sexy. He's got it. He's, he's got. got j- he's ripped. Like, yeah, Jack he's also shredded. like yeah, he's all. I mean, all of these guys are sexy, right? Oh, all the all the all these are just like they all have some level of sensuality to them. Yeah. Um. So he's also the royal ancestor of the Yoruba people. So they take a lot of pride in like oh, these are. Oh, I would be. Uh, he's our main dude. Yeah. To to be descended from that. Yeah. So he's really popular, and um, his colors are red and white, which is I know what you're thinking. It's like didn't we already have a guy that had red and white? Yes. It was Alegba, who he shares sort of like a brotherhood bond with. And his patron saint is typically Saint Michael because of being like involved with rulership and kingship of man. So again, like connecting to the man thing. A, go- uh, a man's god, if you will. So jumping into another god of war. Ayo. Uh, sorry, Orisha of war. Ogun. 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 And Ogun is your war technology, your iron, your labor. So Orisha, yeah, the Orisha of iron and labor and blacksmiths. And weapons. Weapons, yeah. And so he's... And innovation. And innovation and technology (laughs) and hard work. Industry. (laughs) So I know we've been calling upon, like, other similar similar archetypical... Gods yeah. from other pantheons. And it's like these are loosely based on like like aspects that uh, recommend. Well, like, like oh, this one's also thunder and war. Like there are very, archetypes. There are very much differences, but there are similar archetypes. Yeah. The All Father and the All Mother and the you know the Love Goddess. Yeah. This guy is very Hephaestus. Like <laughs> <laughs> this might be a one to one. I'm not sure. I mean, he's not ugly, but everything else pretty much fits. <laughs> yeah, this guy's hot, but um, <laughs> but still like he's like Hephaestus, but hot. But like he's he's he's. Uh, is the Orisha of labor, hard work, technology, blacksmithing, iron, war. You know, war in that sense. Like, he's making the weapons. Probably ripped. Yeah. He's got. He's probably got a hammer somewhere. <laughs> oh! Was, yeah. Um, so that one's, that one's probably pretty close. Yeah, I do have a thing, definitely, for um, your good-hearted, ripped, but also, like, kind blacksmiths. Like, <laughs> and awkward around women for some reason. Especially Hephaestus if he's hot. Yeah, so, like, <laughs> I always get, like, drawn to, like, Gendry or Perrin from Wheel of Time, uh, Gendry from Game of Thrones, and, uh, like, <laughs> Will Turner from Pirates of the Caribbean 1. <laughs> Or I Orlando Bloom in other movies. Yeah, yeah every blacksmith. I don't know. Yeah, but only when he's a blacksmith. <laughs> so I think Ogan's probably my guy. <laughs> he seems right up my alley. Oh, probably, because this time he's hot. Yeah, and he, like, he's, again, like, close to nature, which, I mean, whew, right? Getting hot in here. Um, his colors are green. <laughs> is and... that the forge, or is that just me? That's just me. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's, uh, in Centuria uh, religion, his colors are green and black. Um, in voodoo, they're red and white. And the red and white could be because of possible crossing over into Shango's personification, uh, personification of like those the crossover, like we said, the fluidity of these characters. So yeah, similar to how Olegua has a um, Haitian voodoo uh, version, I guess, um, in Papa Legba. You you also see in Haitian voodoo, uh, Ogun is his Papa Ogu, <laughs> who is a warrior spirit of ironsmithing and tools. So he's still he is who he is. But, um, Can't change that. That's the representation of him, and he's sort of tied in uh, with uh, Shango. Nice. Oh, I love them. Again, like you can see how these guys are all like, like almost superheroes, right? Oh my gosh, they're, they're power. These guys, these guys rock. These Orishas are fucking awesome. What? They're, what a squad, huh? I would love to. I would totally read about or watch a watch a series about like them. Yeah. Like, these powers, these personalities, like yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, because we've seen so many of them, you know, it's, it's similar, it's like all the other pantheons, they're all so 
varied and interesting. Yeah, and we were, we were just talking about how we're, like, so amazed that all these different cultures around the world, like, how intrinsically human is it to be like, I want in my deity, um, in my pantheon, I want an all-father, I want an all-mother, I want a trickster god, I want, I want a goddess of love. A fertility, I want one of blacksmithing. A god of war, yeah. A god of war, and, and every one of them. Every one of them. It's so cool. And it's so cool how they all came to that conclusion. Separately. All the same, like, ideas and ideals about human nature and personalities that have been, you know, transported into the divine. Mm-hmm. That's, so yeah, that's that's just uh, us being, like, mind blown. That, that's us geeking out, because I love seeing the similarities in all the, the they're, they're all originals, because they all came up with them on their own, and they're all influenced by the same sort of human natures. Mm-hmm. So one last story to round us out, and we promised at the start, it's the quick creation myth. That's right. So we're uh, it's one version of the creation myth uh, for the Yoruba peoples, and it involves Oludumare and Obatala. So here's how it goes. So one day Oludumare, you know, maybe as Olurun, was in the heavens with all the Orishas and decided that they wanted man to live on Earth. He was like, huh, you know, it's pretty crowded up here with all these 400 Orishas. I'm thinking thinking more more space. Man, but not here. Yeah. Elsewhere, man. Yeah, I I want man to live. But there's no space up here. I don't want I want him in his own place. I want his own own house, my child. (laughs) But I want my my own child to have their own house. Yeah, we've maxed out the bathrooms. Like, we just can't get any more. I'm excited to see what they do on their own. (laughs) So who does he assign this task of creating uh, the earth, basically? So, uh, Oludumare wants man to live on earth, but at the time, earth is all water. It's wet. It's it's the domain of, um, Yamaya. But she's, is she around? I guess she would be, huh? They're all around, and they're all not. Yeah. It's a quick myth. All right. So (laughs) Oludumare, uh, called upon the arch Orisha, Orisanla, or also known as Obatala, as we covered before, to go and scatter earth, create land for man to live on. Cool. Sounds about right. And Orizanla, being the good arch divinity he was. No, not at all. Mm-hmm. He's like, how, God? How am I supposed to do this? How am I supposed to, to make this? I don't have... What? With what? <laughs> what? And so Oludumare, in, in their divine everything, gives them a snail shell filled with dirt. <laughs> Loose <laughs> dirt. It's like... It's dangerous to go alone. Take this. You received snail shell full of dirt. Thanks. What? <laughs> and so Orisanla looks at it and again is like, well, what am I supposed to do with this? <laughs> and so Aludamare is like, oh, yeah, yeah you're right. Calls oh, upon right. a pigeon and a five-toed hen. Ew. I was like, oh, yeah, take these. They'll do most of the work. Wait, so this is a hen with a hand? <laughs> That's what five-toed, it's probably two, I hope. <laughs> Because one has, hand is worse than not than two hands. It has a prehensile talon. It's got little talon thumbs. It's got thumbs. If it's got five toes, one of those is a... Well, we have five toes and none of those are thumbs. Don't think about it too hard. <laughs> it can uh, open doors. All right, so Orizanla was again like, how am I supposed to make the earth with a snail shell, a pigeon, and a five-toed hen? Yeah, thanks for the snail shell, but then you gave me two birds. Who am I, MacGyver? Like, what is this <laughs> list? Can I get a landmass? <laughs> a, a wheelbarrow a shovel even. a wheelbarrow and a shovel shit more dirt <laughs> as Oludamari responds by connecting the bridge between the heavens and earth and telling Orizanla go yeah go. he just like pushes he him pushes out him, he's like go do your work it's no way it's like that scene in um in a uh, Christmas story with Santa and the kids <laughs> on the slide and he pushes and, it with his foot and Santa's it? like ho 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 he's like go 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 <laughs> And just pushes him down the slide of the heaven bridge. <laughs> and so Orizanla, you know, Obatala, we're talking, this is still the Allfather. This is still like, this is powerful, dude. Uh, goes down, and he goes down to the earth with the Orishas of Storm, Thunder, and Iron. So we, we're assuming that's Oya, Shango, and Ogun. Probably. They just went to go watch. They brought, like, snacks. They li- they're not there to help. <laughs> they're tailgating. So, oh, they're, they're, yeah, they're just watching. It's like King of the Hill, and they're all watching Hank do the work. Yeah. It, it, it's those, it, it's those three. Um, and then, well, they watch Obatala make the earth. And what's funny is Obatala's not working that hard. So, He's a god. He's like, why am I doing bitch work? So he threw down some earth from the snail shell, 
And he put the pigeon and the five-toed hen on it. It's like, all right, you start spreading it. Just just do this. He just, like, put them down, and they just, like, fell over. And he's like, yeah, that's about right. He just, like, nudged him with his foot. and like, do work. <laughs> and then he goes off and probably cracks open a cold one with the other Orishas. Yeah, totally. <laughs> and then after a day, they, they and the, the pigeon and the five-toned hen, to their credit, do start spreading the earth. They start scratching, you know. Doing do, chicken shit. Do it, doing chicken shit. <laughs> They're all doing chicken shit at this moment. Uh, and so they do this for a day, and uh, Obadala, Orisanla is like, this is done. All right, I'm going to go back and report. Good good job, guys. And Illudamari was like, damn, that was fast. He's like, I know. I <laughs> a am, day? I impressed myself, you know, with the limited tools and instruction. And uh, Oludamari is like, great. He's impressed. He's cautious. He's like, he's not buying it. <laughs> all right. After all you, all the trouble you gave me before, I don't think you did. I don't think you're done. Yeah. So he calls up on his favorite little spire, the chameleon. Yeah. Who can, you know, the chameleon can change their colors. They can hide. And he's like, he's like, go take a quick look around. The chameleon is like, I can look at two directions at once. <laughs> yeah. With well, his eyes rolling and his different colors changing, the chameleon goes down to check on Obatala's work. Mm-hmm. Take a quick look around. Shoddy craftsmanship. <laughs> yeah, he comes back and uh, Alidamari's like, uh, so how was it? And the chameleon's like, uh, earth wet. And he's like, what? And the chameleon's like, earth wet? Earth's real wet. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like mud. He's just, he's like, I change colors, but I'm just covered in mud. Yeah. I can't. <laughs> I'm blending in with the mud. I weigh like 0.2 of a pound. I still sunk through like it was nothing, man. Yeah. It's, it's, it's wet. <laughs> so Alidamari... Calls back, calls, calls Obatala, calls up. He rubs his nose in it. Calls him up and is like. What'd you do? Job's not done. Yep, get get your ass back out there, boy. So, can you tell me what you did wrong? Can you uh, take a look at this? What do you, what do you notice here? (laughs) He's like, the dirt was spread. Yeah, I I, I, I think it looks good. It's like, no, no, put put your hand in it. What's wrong? (laughs) (laughs) He, He goes full boss on him. He's. Yeah, yeah, it'd be great if you could fix your mistake. It'd be great if you could go back and do it right this time. Could you go ahead and, um... He's like the... Yeah, he's doing the office of space. Yeah, he's the guy that gives you, like, um, the Ikea, like, Allen wrench and the screws and your, like, chipboard or whatever. But no instructions. Yeah, he doesn't give you the instructions. He just tells it to you vaguely. And then gets mad when This is what it should look like. Yeah, and then gets mad when you do it wrong. (laughs) That's Oludamare here with Obatala. And, um... So he sends him back, and he, he's like, oh, don't forget these. And he brings the pigeon in the head. <laughs> and Obatala's like, how did you find them? <laughs> <laughs> and so this time, Obatala toils with the pigeon in the hen for three more days, spreading the earth and, you know... Actually ma- doing it right this time. Making sure to, to actually do it right. Making sure that it's solid ground. Yeah, dirt, not mud. And so Chameleon came and reported back uh, that... He did it right. He, he, you, you sent him back with some constructive criticism. He did it right. So on the fifth day... Constructive criticism, sure. <laughs> <laughs> on the fifth day, Oludamaru proclaimed you could rest. Oh, thank God. Right? Everybody needs a day for rest. Honestly, four-day work week. Think about it. He's way ahead of y'all. Mm-hmm. So on the next day after that, though, Oludamaru is like, Obatala or Isanla, whichever you prefer. Good job. Good job. You did it good. But you know what we need? Trees. Plant them. Do them right the first time this year. And so Obatala does it right the first time. He's like, all right, all right. Uh, Oludamar is definitely like looking behind his chair watching. Oh, for sure. He's like right behind them with every tree he's planting. He's like, go ahead and show me how you do this. All right. Well, walk me through the steps. Yeah. (laughs) And like that until literally every tree is planted. Yeah. And so then Oludamar was like, all right, now Obatala, build the people. Make those fleshy shells of people. Yeah, make me some people. And uh, Obatala did. He, to his credit, he did it. But he didn't know how to give them life. So he was just making people. And just, oh, creepy. He's just making these lifeless bodies. These little flesh sacks. And Olud- Obatala wanted to know, but he didn't. Because uh, that's knowledge Aludamare did not share with Obatala. Because that's the fun part of the job. That's the <laughs> He's the manager and he's like, no, no, no. You, you just bitch work. I want the fun part. Aludamari is the worst boss. He's like, all right, do all the bitch work. Yeah, do all the Aludamari's bitch work. Aludamari is every boss. <laughs> and, and I'll do the part that's fun <laughs> and that you, like, I won't teach you. Obatala is just a middle manager here who's not, who's 
not even telling the other Orishas what to do, but telling a pigeon and a hen and a snail shell what to do. Yeah. <laughs> so Lidamari is like, I want to do the fun part. You leave now. Yeah. And so Obatala is like, all right, fine, I'll leave. And he doesn't. He makes he, a big show of it. He, and then he sneaks and hides and is like, I want to learn how to make life. Because then I will be unstoppable. Yeah, because he's jealous. But he worked so hard planting those trees, he fell the fuck asleep. Well, uh, here's the thing. Oludamare, the one who's everywhere and knows everything. Yeah, isn't it he one knew. of his... Isn't is one of his names, like, the one you meet everywhere? Yeah, yeah. In, in, the, uh, in the story we were reading of this, one of the, he kept saying the different names of Oludamare. It was like, the one who brings life and then rot. And it's like, the one you meet everywhere, which is great. <laughs> that, that is great. I, that's like a great Mr. title. It's, it's like, like the Mr. Smith of the Matrix. It's like the one who you meet everywhere. <laughs> and so Alutamari knows that Obatala is watching, and he so he puts him the fuck to sleep. He's like, <laughs> go nah, the fuck to sleep. Go the fuck to sleep. I'm going to make the people now that you're asleep and make him give. I'm gonna make him have life. Ha! So I got it. So by the time Obatala wakes up, they're all alive. <laughs> yeah, they're all alive, and he doesn't. He still doesn't know how to do it. Yeah. Alutamari is like, all right, our job is done. And that's how people were created. And to this day, Allegba will not eat pigeons. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> that's where people come from. That's where the earth was created. And that's why Allegba won't eat pigeons. <laughs> For that pigeon who made the world. Yep. <laughs> He'll eat everything else, but that pigeon. Yeah. Nope. Th- there's many variations on that uh, creation myth, but that was one of our favorites because it involved... Managing. <laughs> it was like micromanaging. Work. It involved uh, work. Chameleon snitches. Yeah, yeah it had like, everything. It was it was like a task you've been assigned at work, I'm sure. Yes. As you're listening now to us instead. Yeah. <laughs> um, so thank you guys so much. And a big shout out to those of you who have supported us on Kofi. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Every little bit helps. Yeah, absolutely. You Crap know who you are. Meant to shout them out at the beginning of the episode. Sorry, shouting you out now. Thank you all. Thank you so much for our biggest fans and supporters who really helped us. You know, we we opened up a Kofi. We are starting to accept contributions from folks who want to see us continue to make this. Continue to make it consistently. Sorry, uh, we want to do. We want to do more. We want to keep creating more. I uh, keep telling these wonderful stories and keep laughing with you guys. Yeah. So thank you guys so much. And as always, feel free to send us suggestions or episodes that you wish that we would do. Um, drop us a line on social media or on our website or on our email. Just thank you guys so much for your continued support. Yeah, and tell other folks about us. We want to grow this. We want to grow this with you. You know, you're you're at the, the start of something awesome. Yeah, right now it's just me and Christian. Yeah. <laughs> Could be bigger someday. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> but we're real excited. I hope you enjoyed the Orishas. And thank you. Thank you. Bye.